Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Welcome to the Julia Hartley Brewer Daily. If you missed any of my talk radio breakfast show, don't worry. We've put some of the punchiest bits of this morning's show into a bite-sized podcast. The Julia Hartley Brewer Daily. Enjoy. Online, on DAB, and on the Talk Radio app. Talk Radio. Right now, though, delighted to welcome the International Trade Secretary to the show, Liz Truss. Good morning to you. Good morning, Julia. Um, let's have a chat, first of all, about uh, what you're discussing this morning and these moves uh, to have uh, the first post-Brexit free ports open next year, uh, offering tax breaks and uh, laxer planning laws for customs-free facilities. Um, tell us how all this will work and why it would boost the economy. So there'll be 10 free ports right across the country, at least one in each of the nations of the United Kingdom. And what these free ports will enable companies to do is set up new businesses, add value to products that they import and then export from Britain without having to go through the red tape, the customs procedures. And these have been shown to revive industrial areas in other countries. But what they'll also do is help turbocharge our new free trade policy. So, for example, we've just struck a trade deal with Japan that goes further and faster than the EU deal in areas like digital and technology food and drink. So what Freeports will do is they'll provide a real platform for companies to take advantage of some of those free trade deals we've got around the world. What about the concern that some people have raised that actually the Freeports just sort of effectively divert trade and business from one area of the UK to another area of the UK? We lose a load of tax benefits and those businesses would have been there anyway. They just moved to a Freeport rather than anywhere else. Well, what we want to do is bring new businesses onshore. So what we've seen is over the years, a lot of manufacturing has been offshored from the UK, quite often because some of the regulatory and red tape issues. By having these free ports, which are really attractive destinations for new investment, we can bring more jobs into the country and we can also make sure we're importing and exporting more goods. And they have been shown to work in other countries. It's all about the design of the free ports. We're going to get that right learning from international best practice. But we are in a unique position of having our own tariff policy for the first time in over 40 years and really having control of our trade policy. So these will be the visible demonstration of how uh, those benefits can 
help level up our country. And what about the concern that, I mean, the government's announcement, the Prime Minister's speech to conference yesterday uh, about uh, getting wind energy, basically powering all of our homes in 10 years' time, uh, wind farms uh, on a grand, grand scale. Um, the concern that actually, you know, this energy, although it's renewable, it's not cheap in terms of having enough of it. Uh, so you've actually got enough all year round, all the time, and needing to have the backup in a nuclear power station or a gas uh, powered station. You're looking at energy prices going up um, two or three times. That's what's happened everywhere where this has been tried. That's going to push up manufacturing costs. Basically, companies are going to come to a country with a, a, a you know a skilled workforce, low costs, uh, and, uh, and and probably low taxes as well. If we put up the energy costs, isn't that going to put a lot of those businesses off? Well, the costs of wind power are coming down, but you're absolutely right. They're not. No, that's not true. They're not. Well, they are over time. There's not. There's no. There's a number of new reports that suggest that actually that's quite the opposite. They're actually going up rather than going down. And what we want to do is actually manufacture more of these turbines in the UK, and freeports are one of the ways that we can help do that by bringing in, bringing in the products from overseas and. There needs to be a mix of energy. You know, you're right in saying that we also need nuclear in order to make sure we've got a non-interruptible power supply. But we can lead the world in areas like wind and we can bring the cost down. People are saying the same thing about solar, but the cost of solar have dramatically reduced over time as well. Okay, you don't think it's going to be an issue. Let's talk about uh, the the issue that is really concerning everybody at the moment, and this is uh, whether or not we are going to be facing more lockdown measures uh, as a result of the uh, increase in cases, uh, well, infections, uh, much more increase in hospitalisations, much more increase in deaths. But obviously people are concerned as we go into the autumn. Uh, We're told there's a big cabinet split, big divide over whether or not we should go into more lockdown measures or not. Big divide on things like the 10pm curfew, the rule of six. Um, Rishi Sunak... Um, uh, Alex Sharma, the business secretary, on one side. Uh, Matt Hancock, Boris Johnson on the other. Um, Whose side are you on? Well, I don't sit on the COVID committee itself, so I can't really talk about the conversations that take place there. But, you know, of course, it's important that Cabinet debate the issues in private and then come to the conclusion. But I can assure you that we're all completely behind the Prime Minister's strategy. We have regular presentations from the chief medical officer and chief scientific officer. But these are not easy decisions, Julia. No one wants to be in a position of having to close pubs at 10 p.m. or put in uh, local restrictions in some parts of the country. We're having to do that because we're facing this pandemic, this global pandemic, and we need to protect lives, but we also need to protect livelihoods. And as you were saying earlier, keeping schools open is so important keeping workplaces open is so important because we are going to need to grow our way out of this crisis. That is the only way uh, we'll be able to pay the costs and it's also the only way we'll be able to protect livelihoods in the future. So that is our top priority, protecting lives and livelihoods. We do have to take difficult decisions in order to do that. But the announcement we're making today on free ports and free trade is all about how does Britain generate the money in the future? How do we generate those high-skilled jobs around the country? So that once we are through coronavirus, we're in a better position. 
Let's talk about uh, your side of business as the International Trade Secretary. We've got that Japanese trade deal. We're still obviously uh, working on a Brexit, uh, post-Brexit trade with the EU, deal with the EU and, of course, one with the United States. Um, um, how, how much closer do you think we are to getting a deal uh, with uh, the EU leaders? We were hoping we'd be in these sort of tunnel talks by now uh, where we'd actually got all the principles decided. But we're told fisheries is still the number one key issue where we have not got agreement. How Hopefully you that on the 15th of October, not long away now, that's the Prime Minister's own deadline, we will actually see some sort of breakthrough. I mean, my view is that as you get closer to the deadline, it focuses minds. And you know, we want a Canada-style deal with the EU. They've already signed up to it with Canada. There's no reason they shouldn't sign up to it with us. It's in their interest. It's in our interest. And we need to be able to get to that conclusion. But what we're not going to do is sign up to a deal that allows continued control of the ECJ or does over Britain's fisheries or anything else like that. So we are only going to sign up for a deal that is right for Britain. And that's true in all the deals we're negotiating. So the deal I'm negotiating to the United States, we're making good progress. We're now in a position of discussing offers on tariff reduction, which is really important for industries like whiskey. But of course, we'll only do a deal with the United States if it's right for Britain. And you know, we have options. There are lots of countries, lots of trade blocs coming to the table wanting to negotiate with the United Kingdom. And I think it's absolutely in the EU's interest to agree a Canada-style deal with us. And uh, just finally, um, obviously, looking at what's happening at the polls in America, Donald Trump, three polls now showing he's going down in support uh, after getting uh, infected with COVID and the antics around that. Um, Biden looking very much more likely, as much as we trust the polls, as much as we trust conventional wisdom, always possibly a risk uh, when it comes to uh, Donald Trump. But it's looking like we will see uh, President Joe Biden, given his threats and the Democrats' threats in Congress uh, over the issue of the Northern Ireland protocols and the like, if we don't end up with a Brexit, uh, sorry, post-Brexit EU trade deal, um, does that scupper our chances under a Biden presidency of a US trade deal as well? Well, we've been working cross-party in the US, so I'm talking to senior Democrats as well as senior Republicans to get their support for a UK-US deal. It makes sense for both countries. We have a very positive economic relationship already. Both countries want to expand trade. And of course, on the issue of the Good Friday Agreement, we're absolutely committed to it. We're absolutely committed to no hard border in Ireland. And we've made that very clear to the Americans. Online, on DAB and on the Talk Radio app. Talk Radio. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you.
you. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Online, on DAB, and on the Talk Radio app. Talk Radio. Well, let's uh, talk to one of the rebel Tory MPs now, one of those uh, who has uh, uh, been voting uh, against the government. We saw a vote last night, didn't we, in, on the rule of six. Uh, a vote next week on the 10pm curfew is it next week. Let's talk to Matt Vickers. Uh, thank you very much indeed for joining us. Good morning. Good morning. Um, it's, it's amazing that we are seeing the pretty much the only opposition in Parliament to the government's measures coming from its own benches rather than from uh, the official uh, Her Majesty's opposition in Labour. Um, last night there was a vote uh, on the rule of six. Um, the 14 uh, uh, rebels uh, voted uh, to try and end that rule of six. It didn't get through, but there are a lot higher hopes over ending the 10pm curfew. That vote was supposed to be tonight. It's now being pushed back to next week. How likely is it that uh, there will be enough support to actually overturn the 10pm curfew and uh, get our sort of nightlife going again? I don't think I've ever been described as a rebel, but I clearly uh, (laughs) in that bracket now. I actually voted with the government last night. Uh, I feel very strongly about the 10pm curfew. Um, And I think the reason that people will be making an informed decision and might be voting differently on that is because, I mean, the government's got a huge challenge, huge challenge, taking on an unprecedented crisis. You, You watching you there reporting on it it was like watching something out of film isn't it you know we'd never see this coming uh the government's got to make big decisions they've got to balance the economy jobs and jobs are important people keep saying we're balancing money you know we're balancing the future of the economy balancing jobs without balancing issues of loneliness of mental health people trapped in care homes not seeing their family for months and months on end uh, and there's also the element of justice for small business people who've worked hard built for business and we need to make sure that they come out of the other end uh, with something of that, hopefully. That's part of the aim. Um, but on this particular issue, uh, and on the hospitality sector, who have been at the forefront of this challenge, haven't they? They've, they've held, felt it worse. Um, I think I think this is it. This is this decision to have a 10 pm curfew. It doesn't. It seems counterproductive to me in many ways. Well, indeed, lots of people are pointing out that it it, it isn't saving lives. That of the uh, outbreaks we have seen, only three percent are accounted for by um, uh, people being out and about, socialising in restaurants and bars, and it's largely it's people actually mixing in their in in their own homes where they're not socially distancing and not obeying the hygiene rules that's causing the problem. And 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 so what a surprise! People leaving a pub at ten o'clock at night, or or not going to a restaurant because they can't get a sitting because they're only doing one sitting because. They can't fit everyone in. Um, what a surprise. They're, they're meeting at home. They're not socially distancing. No one's wearing masks. No one's washing hands. What a surprise. We're going to see more breaks. It's not only that the 10pm curfew isn't saving lives. It's probably costing lives, if anything. 
I think, I think I'm inclined to agree with that. I think you're entirely right. We saw the pictures of massive crowds of people all kicked out of pubs at the same time, gathering in the street, uh, making their way to the supermarket to grab a few tinnies to go and stay at the mate's house for a few more drinks. We've, we've all done um, it, Matt. We've all done it. I also think there's a big difference in when you look at London, you look at places like where I represent in Stockton. Um, here, people go out early straight from work, they head to the pub, and actually if they leave a bit earlier, um, they might get back on the tube and go home. If they're walking down the street, as we do in, in Stockton, uh, we're a walk or a cheap taxi ride away, they may stop off at their mates, so they may be even more likely to stop off on the way home than they would in London where they're commuting out yeah. the suburbs. So I think I think there is a divide in that sense. Um, I think the other thing is we've got to look after the hospitality sector. They've been on the front line, we've, and actually the government's done a fantastic job in supporting them. We've seen some super innovative stuff. We've seen the furlough, we've seen back cuts, business rates, holidays, grants, this eat out to help out thing that I thought was bonkers at the start. Actually, it was fantastic for getting getting that hospitality yeah. sector going, getting people across the door, being locked in and scared to come out for many months. Um, and we've got to keep protecting them. And this 10 p.m. curfew flies in the face. And that Indeed. Is really and it's interesting that we had Rishi Sunak, the uh, Chancellor, on the show yesterday. And uh, I know some people in the morning had been asking him on the media round about, or oh, was he to blame for the outbreak because of he had to help out? But again, there's no evidence for this. Uh, quite the contrary, actually, because uh, Devon and Cornwall, which saw huge numbers of people flock there for on holiday uh, and using the Eat Out to Help Out scheme during the month of August, have barely seen any cases at all of coronavirus. It's still the lowest uh, rating. And if Eat Out to Help Out was was the, the problem, then of course we would have seen huge outbreaks there, and we haven't. And that's that is the giveaway that it, it wasn't it wasn't a problem, and did actually you say may have well saved an awful lot of businesses and a lot of jobs and got people out and about. Um, I'm intrigued though, that why you didn't. Uh, uh, vote to uh, overall the rule of six. Um, given that other countries have got, you know, rule of eight or rule of ten, um, and, and some simply don't have any any of such thing on the basis that allow people to make sensible decisions. Um, you know, three people meeting together very closely, not socially distancing, is probably more risky than ten people who are being sensible and socially distancing. Um, why, for instance, you know, my daughter's birthday is coming up in a month's time. Um, she can't. She can sit in class all day next to her big bunch of mates in the same class she can spend all break time with them and be you know hugging them and whatever and and then but but we can't have a birthday party with the exact same children in our home or even in a park that would be illegal um i mean you've got to be able to see the madness of that i think you got it's a very valid opinion it's a very valid uh question i think actually what the government's doing it's it's relying on the advice of people probably a lot cleverer than me about behaviors and medicine science but actually it's about creating general rules that are easy to follow. Um, you wouldn't believe the mailbox every time a, a, a government announcement goes out. The more complex the rule, the more we try to, you've actually got to set a standard. And if that standard's six, then that's where we're at. Uh, there'll be people who will argue, I'll get emails from people who think it should be eight, 10 or 12. I'll get emails from people who say we should lock them all up. Um, and you yeah. hear it all. I think actually the government's finding a middle way. Oh, but this is it. Ah, this is the issue, isn't it? Why is the government finding a middle way? Shouldn't the government do the right thing? Shouldn't the government do what actually has scientific basis? If their government was a bit more courageous, a bit braver, and actually said, look, this is what we're going to do because this is what there is scientific evidence for. This is what's happened in other countries. This is what we're going to do. As opposed to pandering, it's almost a government right now 
that is pandering to the opinion polls, a pand- pan- you know, pandering to the focus groups. The, 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 the government has told everybody we should be terrified back into our homes. Everyone's terrified back into their homes. And now they are still being being led by the people who are terrified in their homes, ignoring an awful lot of the evidence about what the real relative risks are of this virus to people of different age groups and vulnerabilities, but also what would be a proportionate response to that? I think the other thing that it's also about setting guidelines that people can comply with. If we create a bar that is too high, then people will not comply with it. And then all of the rules start to fall out of sync. Um, There are ins and outs of everything. And we've heard, you know, huge sacrifices people have made in terms of funerals and all all, all of that. And it's horrific. there's got to be some guidelines set down. We've got to find a, a, a way forward with it. I think the rule of six, people will argue it should be 10, people will argue it should be four. Actually, I think it's I think it's moderate, it's easy to comply with. Um, when it comes to something like, the reason I'm making a stand on the 10 p.m. curfew is because I see I do not see the sense in it. Yeah. I think the impact on small businesses is it will be horrendous. Well, we're seeing it, we're seeing businesses struggling. Um, and that's why I'm making a stand okay. on that particular- Across the UK, online, on DAB, and on your smart speaker, Talk Radio. The last night, the leaders of four northern cities pleaded uh, with government ministers in a letter to the health secretary at Hancock not to impose draconian lockdown-style measures, uh, as uh, there is a talk, an awful lot more talk, of uh, tough new restrictions. Uh, the leaders of uh, Manchester, Liverpool, uh, Leeds, and Newcastle wrote that letter. I'm delighted to say the mayor of Liverpool City Region, Steve Rotherham, joins me now. Good morning to you, Steve. Morning, Julia. Um, what was the message you wanted to send to Matt Hancock about what you want to happen and what you don't want to happen? Well, just to, for the avoidance of confusion, it was Mayor Anderson, who's the mayor of Liverpool, and I'm the mayor of yes, the city region, region yeah. that, along with the others. Um, but, of course, what it's about is being clear and consistent across areas. And um, we spoke to Matt Hancock, uh, myself, and, and other Metro mayors, and that's what we've asked for. And he's said that they're looking at a tier system, as you know, and whilst we welcome the simplification so that people understand what tier they're in... And this this is this is the traffic light system, the idea that, you know, you'd know, you'd, just, you'd be able to look up on your local website where your area was and you'd know what the rules were. Yeah, he seemed to move away from the, the word and traffic light, to tell you the truth. But look, whatever it's called, in other words, a, a group of measures where it, there's some consistency across yeah. the geography. And, and in that case, I think people might better understand it on... Friday, when our announcement was made of further restrictions, um, I was absolutely swamped. I was bombarded with, what does this mean to me about X, Y and Z? And really, if we do get a a more standardised approach to this, at least people will understand if they're in tier two, for instance, that those restrictions and they're the same restrictions right the way across the country. Yeah, I mean, I mean that that is that is the, the concern, isn't it? Um, we know that we've had huge lockdown measures. I mean, Manchester, a lot of the northwest, Liverpool, um, and we've seen in Newcastle, large parts of the country have been under uh, very strict lockdown measures. Not full lockdown, you know, shops are still open, people are still able to go to work and the like. Uh, but very varying in different parts of the country. I mean, goodness sake, don't test me. I wouldn't answer any better than the prime minister in terms of what they are in each individual area. I think lots of people, you are you. you you question on the streets of Liverpool wouldn't know what the rules are uh, for them. But um, uh, we have not seen the numbers go down. This suggests that these local lockdown measures aren't working. Yeah, well, I, I coined the uh, the phrase, we seem to be in the Hotel California, where you can check out and never leave. Yeah. Others have subsequently used it. But the, the idea behind that was to say, look, 
we understand why we would need additional restrictions in areas that have got huge uh, exponential increases in transmission rates. But what's the strategy? What's the exit strategy to get out of it? What are those milestones that you have to hit along the way that demonstrate progress towards exit? And there's only one or two. Luton, um, I, I believe, came out of it and left it, but that was a different type of, uh, of approach. But they're the only ones who have really come out of this, whereas others have been in restrictive mode for, well, months, some of them, and their numbers are still going up. Yeah, I mean, and this this is the issue now. So either lockdowns don't work and the virus is going to do what the virus is going to do, um, unless we are all completely locked away in our homes again. And and, I, and again, I, I know the polling suggests that people are in supportive of this. I think they'll change their tune about a week into it when it's mm, pouring with mm. rain and and, uh, and the economy is collapsing and we've got mm. like three or four million more unemployed people. I think people are, are living in clown cuckoo land thinking that's even viable. Um, but, but, but although it's an option, the lockdowns do work, but an awful lot of people aren't obeying them in which case why aren't people obeying them and, and, and i suppose one of my suspicions is that is that people frankly can't afford to obey them a lot of the time their, their view is that you know i'm going out to work i'm on public transport i'm seeing people at work all day i'm taking necessary precautions i'm not really sure why um, i shouldn't for instance you know have a couple of friends over for a drink in the evening um, and socially distance uh, and the like because i'm with people all day at work um, a lot of people are just applying frankly what they would consider to be a lot of us would consider to be their common sense to these rules well, Julie, you said uh, an awful lot of people aren't abiding by them, and I, I don't think that's true. I think there is a small minority of people who, for either nefarious reasons, so you know, trying to spread around that this whole thing is a hoax yeah. and that there's no such thing as coronavirus, so they're doing it for those reasons, and the belligerents who don't believe it applies to them. But there are people who are confused by this as well, and, and if that's in that group, then they're the people that we need to try to attract to do the right thing but we need to simplify the message to them. And I don't think the government's messaging has been half as good as it, it should have been. And the only way in which they can improve that is to by working with the likes of combined authorities and local authorities to get local messaging out. I think we could have more impact and effect if we were charged with trying to do that in our areas and using, yes. for instance, maybe our football teams or, or our mus- <clears throat> musicians or artists or even local influencers trying to get a message out to young people is really important at this moment in time. Yeah, I mean, but again, we've been seeing a lot of the spread as it is happening in universities. I mean, who who didn't think that, that, that young people all together in halls of residence partying with each other wasn't going to spread the virus? But the main thing is, as long as we just keep keep that spread just within that young cohort, bearing in mind that the, the American universities went back a long time ago. American universities have had you know, tens and tens and tens and tens of thousands of coronavirus infections with young people, and not a single one of them has died. Not one single death. Uh, if, if we can keep the, the young people who are going out and getting infected away from older people, that would be the answer. What do you make, just finally, of the uh, this letter that 4,000 leading uh, academics, scientists, medical experts and doctors have, have signed uh, to the authorities saying, look, we, we need a more targeted approach. Let's not lock down young people and have restrictions on people going out or going to work or anything. Let's simply make sure that we shield the vulnerable and the elderly. It's a far smaller percentage of the population and let everyone else go about their normal business but you know with social distancing using the masks if necessary but but getting on with some semblance of normal life 
Well, I think the science is a bit like the law, isn't it? Where it's open to interpretation <laughs> and people will argue different things on the same issue. I, I, the most important part is if we are going to be led by the science, then we need to be led by the science all the time and not when the government want to pick and choose a piece of science that supports their arguments. And that's what's happened in our area. We said, show us the science that this suite of restrictions will have the desired effect in our area. And we're still waiting for that. And, of course, we said we will be supportive of that if you do it. And we've got the science because what we need now is a support package for our area. Otherwise, our economy is going to tank. And, and, you know, Liverpool City region cannot afford that after we've had decades of, of problems and we've just started to turn the corner and we're the fastest growing city region in the country pre-pandemic. Across the UK, online, on DAB and on your smart speaker, Talk Radio. Thanks for listening to the Julia Hartley Brewer Daily. If you liked what you heard, please subscribe and give me a good review. And don't forget to catch me on the Talk Radio Breakfast Show every weekday from 6.30 until 10. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to Quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.